It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to a Tuesdays here at Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, plenty to get into. The latest with Mr. McCord, with Mr. Fleming, with Mr. Riola. 489-1240. 489-1240 to get in today. On Hale Varsity Radio, 1-800-825-5865. Can dial up, can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. And can comment. So many, so many of you are already doing so. Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. The Herd at Sports team uh, off to Tampa as they'll be there in full force for you covering Husker volleyball. Excited about that. But recruiting has taken center stage. We'll check in with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. His latest on Nebraska and the quarterback search. Uh, also uh, more on recruiting. And signing day looms. Dear friend of the show for a lot of years, Greg Smith from Rivals, going to join us in hour two. And then how about some Ohio State perspective? If Nebraska does land Mr. McCord and Mr. Fleming, what are they getting? You've watched, you've researched, you've checked out the stats, you've seen the praise and stars associated with them from high school to college. Well, Tim May, a longtime Ohio State insider, uh, he is a party. Tim May is so much fun to talk to. Tim May going to join us at 525. Time for you. Uh, we send a kiss up to the heavens as we remember the pirate Mike Leach today. Miss the old pirate. Love that man. So, Elijah, uh, what a wild 48 hours. Let's just start there. As you and I went all in on, on McCord yesterday and the arrival and the tour, and, and then, you know, you're waiting on what's coming up with Fleming because of, of just what type of talent he is. But from, you know, some of our research and phone calls, what type of leader the guy is for a young wide receiver room. And then that flips on its ear because this smoke turned into a bonfire yesterday as it grew and grew and grew on Dylan Riola. And, uh, you know, what's what's going on with him? And the fact Nebraska is able to secure an official visit right before the dead period on Friday. You got to feel really good about Nebraska's chances uh, with him visiting and visiting uh, Papa Bear's alma mater so late in the recruiting process right before signing day. So things are are, are great. You get even cooler news for the here and now team uh, that has a lot of players coming back. You have uh, Isaac Gifford and Bryce Benhart. They're kicking it in the players' lounge or whatever those pods are, and they're hey, we'll come back. Sure, why not? And 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 they do it. So, uh, two big pieces 
Uh, Nebraska's right tackle, who's really elevated his game, and Giff uh, is so good and was at, at such a high level and even played hurt the last probably month of the season. So that's that's ginormous. You had Pat McAfee sit down for almost an hour today with Matt Rule as Rule's selling the program. And what what's cool about Rule is for him to, to hear – and tell a guy like McAfee, and whenever he's speaking, it doesn't ever come across as bragging or cockiness or even slimy salesmanship. It comes across as, this is why I'm here, this is what I believe in, this is what I like. And he even reiterated it, reiterated it today with, with McAfee, where, look, hey, we're going to be a developmental program, 90% high school and development, but if you can go get a difference maker, you go do it. He said it to us two weeks ago at Media Day. Well, you know, if you if you need to go get a difference maker, let's let's go do it. Well, Nebraska's aimed very, very high. Nebraska's aimed high when you look at the portal quarterback rankings and McCord is right up there. They aimed high with guys higher on the list. They went and at least saw those guys. And then when it comes to you know, your, your top quarterback in the country, Nebraska still kept, uh, kept that welcome mat down in front of the, uh, the front door. And uh, so it, it's been a good 48 hours. Uh, does it turn into a good weekend? Because McCord now off to, do we say Syracuse? We th- I think. I think. This is All right. not confirmed officially. Elijah Herbal's flight tracking prowess. Lay it down for me. We him. know for a fact that Kyle McCord, and this is thanks to our good friends Jacob Bedella and Anna Bellinghausen, they're off to Tampa to go cover right. the Final they Four. They had to go to, as you do, you have to go to Charlotte Charlotte's sometimes. a major hub. Yes. It's a major hub. So they're flying out there. Who is on their flight but one Kyle McCord? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to put on the flight tracker hat. I'm going to look into this. You put I, on, you, for fairness, you put on the old leather World War II bomber and goggles. <laughs> the aviators. You did. You, you were sitting behind your screen all decked out like Maverick. With the mustache. I already had oh, that look you, going. Oh, you were good to go, man. No, but you look into it. Okay? Or, poor goose. And there's a couple likely options of places Kyle McCord can go. We know Will Howard was on campus at Miami yesterday looking through it. Miami, the flight, it was taken off about the exact same time that flight was landing in Charlotte. Uh, from Omaha. So you can probably cross Miami off the list. The next most likely spot that he'd be going is his hometown, Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. That flight departed 35 minutes after the flight from Omaha to Charlotte. It's a tight layover. That's a tight layover, considering boarding typically starts 30 minutes before a flight leaves. That means you'd be landing It's a tight layover unless you're Iowa Russ. (laughs) It's very true. (laughs) I digress. Let's move on. The next likely candidate, 90 minutes following... The flight from Omaha landing, the scheduled landing time, I should say, was Syracuse, New York. And the only other option after that, there was no flights to Columbus, nothing like that. The next one was, it would have been something like a three and a half, almost a four-hour layover to go to Philadelphia, again, his hometown. Mm. So you look at that, the most likely option, especially considering what we've been hearing, is that he's going to Charlotte, 90-minute layover, followed by a flight to Syracuse, New York. But at the same time, I look at what we've seen both last night, Isaac Gifford and Bryce Benhart, and Matt Rule today. Matt Rule today had a very laid-back feel in that interview with, with McAfee. And a guy that is... He wasn't a, on the edge of his couch waiting for an answer. Well, a guy that's in one of the busiest weeks of the season following whenever your season ends. The transfer portal is open. Early signing day is coming up. Typically, coaches like that don't have 
40 minutes they can take out of their day. And I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush here, mm-hmm. but their schedules are typically pretty tight. But he had 40 minutes he could carve out of his day in an interview that field very laid back, right? Yeah, he's, he's, he's relaxed. Late, late, willing to answer all the questions and willing to, to... You can sometimes tell how busy somebody is based on what type of answer they give you. He was willing to give you some long answers. Combine that with Gifford and Binhart coming back. What are the, the two things you're probably looking for as if you're going to come back for another year? Will it be successful next season? Will I be taken care of financially in the modern college football? And the biggest thing I think you have to wonder about whenever you're looking at the success, those guys know it. What was Nebraska's problem last year, the quarterback position? On a day when Kyle McCord visits and there's a lot of smoke with, with Riola, do we really think it's coincidence that those guys announced that they're coming back at that same time, shortly following the time we heard that Kyle McCord was sitting down with the powers that be with Nebraska? Shortly thereafter that meeting, Isaac Gifford and Bryce Binhart, oh, they're coming back? Something about that timing perked my ears up. And then you combine that with Matt Rule's feel in his interview today. Strikes me as a as a, a guy in a, a program that's been doing some business over the last twenty four hours and got a lot of things hammered out. I'll leave he, it at that. He no, and, and you, you do all that math, and it's it's a good thing. And I think the the moral of this story, what you saw on the field, was aggressiveness. You saw it defensively, and if for some reason you didn't see what Nebraska's normal standard was, it got corrected either a half later or a game later. And you saw Nebraska be aggressive and then tentative and then aggressive again, at least on offense. And and you can live and play and say that way on field, but you better be that way off field and and good for Nebraska. Not taking a back seat, not letting five years blur into a six as far as timidness of, of what the program is or where it stands, but more so about the future. And... You asked a a question in our little pre-show huddle up uh, with Nebraska and and bowl eligibility. And let's throw it out there, 489-1240. With Nebraska and this season, what's what's a bigger deal for the program, given its current state? Uh, Would you have traded a a bowl game this season for a Dylan Riola flip? And I thought about that. And, And right now it looks really bad that you're not in a bowl game. But let's be honest, what type of bowl game would you have been at at six and six or seven and five or eight and four? Maybe maybe you're you're playing New Year's Day or you're in the Citrus Bowl or you're in New York or you're in the Music City, whatever. At least you're back there. There would have been excitement. You would have had practices for the the current team. I think the way this team gets drilled and practices from from spring through fall that they're going to get accelerated development-wise. They're going to be ahead of a lot of programs because of what their tenants are from a development standpoint. Nebraska has a chance to get not one but two game changers uh, at quarterback and keep developing and just get right, get right at the quarterback spot from a taking care of the football, the playmaking standpoint, and then just a balance on offense. I, I still like the quarterback run. I know you like it as well. But if you can get a downhill run game with with a quarterback like McCord to come in and and win you some ball games, and then whoever's your your quarterback, be it Riola, you, you hope it's Kalen, you hope both those guys compete, and then by a second year they're ready. It, it's okay. And too many quarterbacks, Elijah, get in a rush, man. Well, I wasn't playing after year one. I'm out. 
And you've seen places, specifically Ohio State and Alabama, where kids will stay if they're not playing because they're getting good development. They're getting better. They're at least getting practice reps to to be um, in the fight for a starting job eventually. You know, even Joe Burrow for three and a half years uh, was was there fighting his way. So that those are those are two spots that you don't when guys do defect they come out at a little higher level that's what's important about getting a guy like McCord uh with with Raiola if if you sit and wait as a five star it's okay Arch Manning is doing that you've had quarterbacks get thrown in too often too many times Bo Nix comes to my mind that poor guy got murdered at Auburn and was never right or good enough and then We've used his example a lot. It's okay to sit, groom, get better, get developed, and then uh, go win the job. Uh, I'm anxious to talk to Mitch Sherman here in a couple of minutes. What's the latest on Danny Keelan? I think it's important to, to keep him in the class. I don't want to trade out if I'm Nebraska where I get one, but I lose one. I want both. Keelan has done a lot for this football program when it comes to peer recruiting, getting guys on board, and then saying no, thanks, I'm, I'm coming, I'm staying home, to a program that's playing in New Year's Day 6, Cotton Bowl against Ohio State in Missouri. Missouri's done pretty well at the quarterback spot, at least they have under Drinkowitz, right? Mm-hmm. So I hope things are not ruffled, and I don't know how they would be. I don't know Kalen's personality, but I'm anxious to, to see if you can keep both of them and uh, at least get a year together. And, and again, it's not payment, thank you, for, for your peer recruiting, not only with, with Carter Nelson or your, uh, your, your two wideouts at Bell West, but just the, the kind of the ringleader, the Pied Piper of this class. Caitlin said yes when others said no. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that needs to be highlighted, underlined, and exclamation point. And you feel horrible for that kid because of the way that this happens right before the early signing day. But at the same side, you look at it from the Nebraska and the Matt Rule perspective, business is business. And whenever you have a chance at a guy who's a top 10 player at the country, you can't say no to it. I think the the best thing to do is is kind of what we've been hearing. The smoke Nebraska's been going and being completely open and honest Mm -hmm. with Daniel Kalen in this process. And and think about it. If you're the coaching staff and you're Daniel Kalen, a guy of, of Dylan Riola's magnitude as a recruit, you think about it. If he comes in and he is exactly what you expect a guy of that that stature to be, what you think of him as probably being a, a three-year guy, maybe a four-year guy? The potential of program changing. Turner Gill, Tommy Frazier, and again, this is unfair praise, but that's that's what the buzz was back then for those guys. And, and you look at that. I mean, look elsewhere in college football more recently. Caleb Williams, Trevor Lawrence, Quinn Ewers. You're talking about them all being guys that declare for the draft after three years. If you can live up to the hype as that that high level of a recruit, typically you're going to be off drafted, getting highly drafted. So if you live up to the hype, you know what, Daniel, with a, a well-placed red shirt, you're still going to have time for this job to be yours after Dylan Raiola is gone. And do you hey, want it to be? Your, do you want to be the quarterback here or somewhere else? That, that's the question. But then the other side of the coin is too. Hey, if he doesn't come in and live up to that building, that that high level status, you're going to be competing for a starting job. You're going to be competing for playing time. Just because Dylan Raiola is coming here doesn't mean you are completely out the window. I, and I think Daniel Killen's a guy that a loves Nebraska, loves the guys that he has in this class, and will always bet on himself. Sure, no, so, totally agree. I see him being a guy that's going to come in and, and compete. And if if Raiola lives up to the hype. 
it's your job in 2026, 2027. If he doesn't live up to the hype, you're going to be competing for that starting job. I see it as as being a, an opportunity for a guy like Kalen, no matter how the cookie crumbles. Well, and, and I'm interested, too, to just see his mentality coming in with uh, who cares? Let's go, let's go compete. And the other part of this, too, is if what happens – what I think is going to happen with Nebraska and their and their and getting a quarterback coach, I'm not leaving this place because you're going to have one hell of a good quarterback coach potentially, uh, maybe. Uh, that's that's another caveat to this. And to me, while we're talking quarterbacks, here's some breaking news before we get out the ah. segment. Miami quarterback Tyler Van Dyke has committed to Wisconsin. So, again, huh. another quarterback domino falls. Doesn't feel like Nebraska's ever in the hunt on that one, but Wisconsin maybe has their guy moving forward in Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, Tyler, thank you. Uh, hard pass. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Great stuff from Mitch on the Nebraska quarterback, Jace. Hail Varsity continues. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's that time. Hey, Mitch. Mitchie. Mitchie, Mitchie, Mitchie. We're looking for you, pal. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Talking Big Red. Unleash the fury, Mitch. Unleash the fury! On Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbo. We welcome in Mitch Sherman. With the athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter, Mitch, how's your Tuesday? Is the uh, flight tracking and ear to the ground uh, continues? You're able to sneak away. Is the swim meet fun? Let me ask you that first. I am. I'm got. It's a nice natural break. Saw my daughter swim a couple races, and, and now I can talk to you during during the break. So that's awesome. Everything is just working out great in uh, in this this one hour window of my day. Otherwise, you know, it's it's just a mess. All over the place, but that's uh, that's off season. It is, Mitch. And we're certainly getting it this week. We are, and, and what a forty-eight hours it's been. And let me ask you, what what are you more surprised about with Nebraska? Are you surprised that they've been able to go big game hunting with the portal, or are you more surprised that all right, Dylan Riola's uh, back in play potentially? Yeah, way more surprised about. It the fact that Dylan Rayola is back in play and not potentially, I mean, he is back in play and, you know, you can never count anything until it's official, but, uh, <laughs> this one looks pretty likely. Uh, he's coming to visit on the last weekend of, of the, uh, the visit calendar here. Signing day is next Wednesday. So these aren't the kind of moves that you make. If you're just looking around, there's not a whole lot of looking around 
that's going on with uh, with quarterbacks one week ahead of signing day. Maybe some, but I don't think that's the situation here. He's been to Nebraska six times in the past, and now coming coming back for an unofficial visit. Um, yeah, very surprised. I mean, I really hadn't heard more than a peep or a whisper about Dylan Rayola for the last close to seven months, and then yesterday, it um, it all just kind of happened. So, I. I, I, you know, at this point, it's it's difficult to know exactly what to make of it, Chris. But you just have to understand that college football and recruiting is has been forever changed by a lot of the forces that that dominate the game now. And NIL is a huge thing when you start dealing with five star prospects, and that's the case with with Kyle McCord, the guy they're after from Ohio State, in, in addition to to Dylan Riola. So Nebraska may be going from uh, a situation at quarterback where you were very much strapped uh, as far as what the Huskers had in the system uh, based on what we what we saw in 2023 to essentially an abundance uh, of riches, at least in terms of the potential of these players. And in the case of McCord, it's more the potential. You know, he's produced at the at the highest level. And and you know, Raiola, while he hasn't done that, is is about as surefire of a prospect as you're going to find from that position. Mitch Sherman with us here from The Athletic on Hale Varsity Radio. And Mitch, to use a racing analogy, it almost feels like Nebraska has taken the lead in turn four of the Daytona 500 on the final lap here in the recruitment of Dylan Ryla. But I want to get your take on on what Georgia and their contingent thinks about this whole Ryla situation. You see some Husker fans out there that say maybe this is just a, a play by Dylan Ryle to try to get some NIL money back from Georgia to try to put a, a power play on them late in this process. Do you get any feel from the powers that be down at Georgia that that could be a possibility here? Do they still feel good about being able to retain Ryler, or what's the situation down in Athens? No, I don't think Georgia feels good about their ability to retain Dylan Rayola at this point. I think they understand what's what's happening and that they've likely lost him. And, and you know, it's a matter of Georgia being Georgia in this. Georgia's not going to change the entire method and strategy through which they recruit based on any one prospect. And, you know, if it was just, just a completely um, about resources uh, and, and you, know, you didn't have, you know, you didn't want to set the wrong precedent, uh, then, you know, I'm sure Georgia, with its, with its deep donor base and having won two consecutive national championships, could come up with what was necessary here. But, uh, you know, they have to run the program, their program, the way that they want to run it and not make exceptions just because someone is a five-star prospect. I mean, uh they're they're not and and again this is this is it's this is this stuff comes from technically from their donors from the collective so I want to be careful and not say that like the Georgia football program you know through their SEC television revenue is paying this stuff out because it's you know technically not how it works but yeah. you know it's all it all kind of goes hand in hand Georgia's a rich program and it's it's uh, it has rich resources in in every way but they're not necessarily known as a school that through its NIL endeavors pays the most to get prospect. They've won uh, with great players all over the field and with quarterbacks who have been more underappreciated than say Alabama and Ohio state um, in, co- in coming up through that Georgia system. You know, you, you've, you've seen Georgia win national championships with, uh, with former walk-ons at the QB spot. And, and even the guy they have now, Carson Beck, was not 
quite at the level of a Rayola coming out of high school. So they have a they have a formula formula that they use, and they're not going to change it, um, you know, based on what any one player may desire in in a in this recruiting cycle. Mitch Sherman's with us from the Athletic. We're talking Nebraska's quarterback Chase. I want to get your thought here, Mitch, with Nebraska and specifically Daniel Kalen, who we talked a lot about, and he was instrumental with this recruiting class that's set to sign on Wednesday. What vibe or feel do you have about Kalen, Nebraska, and Nebraska back in the Riola race while Kalen said yes and flipped on Missouri um, when, he, when he had a spot uh, a while back uh, for his next stop in, in football. Yeah, it's a really tough situation for Danny Kalen and, and the quarterback out of Bellevue West, he, as you said, flipped from Missouri to Nebraska. Nebraska was his dream school. That happened right after Rayola went off the board for Nebraska back in May. And here we are a week before signing day. And, and you know, he's, he's in, in limbo, not in limbo as far as his scholarship um, Nebraska will certainly take him, but if you're Danny Kalen, you have to understand the situation. And he, and he knows, he understands the situation that he's coming in. If he chooses to sign with Nebraska next week, he's coming in as someone who's greatly overshadowed uh, by, by a, a classmate. Uh, if, if in fact this turns out the way it looks like it will and, and Rayola signs, you know, I think the Kyle McCord thing for, for, um, for Daniel Kalen would not be an issue. McCord has one season, and, and Kalen would, would be a great candidate to redshirt and learn under an older quarterback next year. Uh, but Rayola, it's a game changer. And I think if you're Kalen, you have to, have to look at this and try to decide you know, what's going to be best, best for you. And you know, if he chooses to look around, um, then it becomes a question of what's out there. You know, schools are generally set at quarterback. Um, at this stage, and he probably, not probably, he certainly wouldn't have the same kind of options that he did back in the spring when he was hoping to make his final decision. So it's a fluid situation. You know, nothing's done with Dylan Rayola um, until he signs, and Daniel Kalen could, could um, conceivably wait and, and react to, to what, what else happens in this class. But as you mentioned, you know, he was instrumental for Nebraska. His, his commitment in May... And then the work that he did to organize some of those weekends in June was key for Nebraska, not only in landing the two Bellevue West teammates, the two receivers, and, and guys like Carter Nelson, the tight end out of Ainsworth, but others in this class, both in-state and out-of-state. And, and um, it's, just, this is just, it's just a big business. Is what, it's what, it, what it's become, especially with NIL and the transfer portal. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, I guess he's getting a – a lesson in, in what the real world's like, even though uh, you know he doesn't necessarily deserve to have that happen to him right now. It's Mitch Sherman with us here. And Mitch, what is the feel you're getting on Kyle McCord? If my flight tracking proves to be true, <laughs> I think in roughly 30 minutes he might be getting on a flight from Charlotte to Syracuse, New York. Again, I could be wrong on that, but what's the feel mm-hmm. you're getting on, on Kyle McCord and where he currently stands in his recruitment to Nebraska? I think it's in a, he's in a good Nebraska's in a good spot with him. You know, they did what they could do. They brought him in. Um, he met with the people that he needed to meet with yesterday and was still in Lincoln today, uh, flew out of, of the state today. And uh, Syracuse is a school that's been connected to, uh, to McCord. You know, we'll see if, uh, 
you know what you're talking about. Um, I don't have information one way or the other about whether he's going to make more visits and, um, you know, haven't read maybe every report that, that's out there. So um, I, I could be somewhat uneducated on, on what I know, but I'll trust what you said, Elijah. And, and if he's going there, then he's going to have something to compare Nebraska to. Now, um, it's interesting with Syracuse for sure because of the staff that they're putting together after, um, you know, in the, with, with the first-year staff with Fran Brown. Um, who came from Georgia, and Fran Brown's a former Matt Rule assistant, and he's brought in Elijah Robinson as his defensive coordinator. He's he's perhaps bringing in Jeff Nixon as his OC, and, and all three of those guys are former Matt Rule assistants. So, um, you know, if Syracuse and Nebraska are going head-to-head for Kyle McCord, it's going to be the, the, the first of probably many times over the years to come that those two schools are thinking the same about what they want to do with personnel um, and with coaching staff hires. So, you know, it's not not exactly a natural rival for Nebraska to uh, to have out on the on the East Coast in the ACC, um, but just with the complexion of the staff makeups and the people who are there running those programs, I think we're going to run into more more situations like this. But I think with McCord and Nebraska, uh, they're in a good place. They've done all that they can do. He's seen the presentation. He's seen the um, he's seen the football uh, headquarters and, and the the nerve center. Um, and then it'll have to be a decision about whether he wants to stay in the Big Ten or, or go somewhere else. Mitch, about a minute, and we'll get you out. Thanks for the time. When we talk about the, the quarterback topic the last 48 hours, any feel that, that Nebraska may be looking at someone to be quarterback coach? Is that something that could be in play uh, as part of this, uh, this finish to 2023? It could be in play. Yeah, I think that before – the names Kyle McCord or Dylan Rayola or any of these guys popped up on the radar. You know, the other quarterbacks who were in the portal that Nebraska was linked to, um, there was certainly the, the possibility that Nebraska was going to make a change um, at, at what it was doing with the QB coach position. And that's not, you know, to say that they're sending Marcus Satterfield packing. He's, he's going to be the OC. But uh, Matt Rule may choose to go back to the system that he intended to use in, in building a staff a year ago at this time. And Nebraska was seeking to hire a quarterback's coach and, and was set to have Satterfield coach the tight ends. And, uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't get the, they didn't make the right connection. They didn't find the right match with a QB coach. So Satterfield slipped over, switched over and, and coached the quarterbacks in year one. And, and they brought in Bob Wager and, and, uh, you know, that didn't work out with him obviously at the, at the beginning of the, of the season. So they made a move to, to Josh Martin right before the season started. And, and yeah, I do think that there's a, more than just a possibility, I think there's a likelihood that Nebraska is going to have some shifts on the offensive staff, and part of that very well could be to bring in a quarterback's coach who is not also calling the plays and designing the uh, designing the offense. It could be something that would be beneficial for the, the coaching that the quarterbacks get. So um, certainly, yeah, be on the lookout for that to happen here over the next, next few weeks. Mitch, you take care. Thanks for the time. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. 
Big thanks to Mitch Sherman. Can always find our podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and uh, download the audio version of Hale Varsity Radio. Subscribe, doesn't cost you anything, and take us with on your time. Always welcome to, to check out the uh, YouTube channel, Hale Varsity YouTube. Uh, love the, the streaming thing we kicked off and uh, started doing that when we were in Ireland. So it's been a year. It's pretty fun uh, to, to do the video part. Uh, appreciate all of you for bearing with uh, faces for radio. Reminder about Dyer Law. Your friends at Dyer Law can take care of you. When it comes to personal injury, if you've been hurt in a personal injury accident, you can count on Dyer Law and the team to provide you with a helping hand when you need it. No matter what you're dealing with, call Dyer Law and the team today at 402-393-7529 or visit Dyer.Law to chat with a trusted professional about your personal injury claim. That's Dyer.Law, Dyer.Law, 402-393-7529. So, really interesting article with the uh, football scoop folks, all right? And uh, they they asked the question, is is a flip by a five-star to Nebraska a good thing for college football? And, and this story is pretty good. They, the way they framed it was Georgia is rich and the rich keep getting richer. Nebraska's been poor on the field, but from a brand and a tradition and a moneymaker and a fan base, they're still pretty high level. And if you get a, a program like Nebraska to get that injection, uh, get that injection. You've had it from a, from a Trev Alberts, right? Get that injection from a Matt Rule, uh, from a practice setup and a development eye. And then you get it at a marquee spot. The folks at Football Scoop were saying, this is absolutely great because Georgia is going to be Georgia. And, and, and Mitch nailed it with Georgia kind of does what Georgia does, what's best for their program. And they sure as hell recruit five stars all over the field. And Georgia's a leader in in portal departures. Uh, Georgia just Georgia's so loaded that they it's not that they don't blink or it doesn't bother them, and it doesn't look good for them to lose a five star at the last minute. It looks great for Nebraska. It looks great for Matt Rule. It looks great for the upside and the trajectory and the belief of, of where the program's going to go. As but, I said yesterday, it's a perception changing. Oh, it is. It is. And then you get that perception to be performance on the field. That's that's money for Nebraska. But no, I mean, if Nebraska can get to that level of, of contention and you're you're one of the four teams in the Big Ten that are fighting for one of the 12 playoff spots next year and beyond – Get after it, man. I loved what Rule said in, in McAfee's interview about wanting to kind of do uh, a, a Final Four setup for the Big Ten and like your AFC or NFC championship, get get to that level. He wants more of college football to be like the NFL. Well, that'd be cool because we know in a 12-team playoff, it's likely that every year the Big Ten's going to get two in. It's be kind e- of, kind easy. Of, kind of fun to have a, a playoff setup in order to get into the playoff in that way. That'd be great for ratings. And as we know, TV reading, ratings kind of drive the market right now, drive mm-hmm. the game of college football. But I want to get back to this original question of, is this good for college football? Because I understand... For Nebraska to be relevant and good on the field, absolutely it's good. You have another choice and another blue blood to watch. Selfishly, it's another... That's the thing. Is I come in selfishly and I say, 
it's good for me and my job because it makes getting on the air and talking about the Huskers every single day a hell of a lot more fun. Yesterday was the most fun I've had talking about Nebraska since the month of October, since that win streak. And I, I might put yesterday above that. That was just a fun day to come in and well, do Well, you're radio. so used to it when it comes to the off season and this close, this week of recruiting. And that's what Nebraska's had to look forward to is the hope of it's going to be better next year because of the recruits. These are going to be program-changing recruits. Well, uh, Matt Rule already showed you, despite the 5-7 and seven number, that they're, they're going to be in a lot of fights and a lot of close games. And can you, uh, can you get some difference makers? And he, he doubled down from how he went about his business, getting this team back on to being physical and tackling and, and tough to, all right, uh, not going to take a back seat to anybody. Going to go full bore in on a McCord and a Riola. Two Riolas, actually, with the, with the Rays. Sure, sure. Thank the you. Yes. And, and we haven't really talked about that factor. And uh, I can't remember who put this out on Twitter yesterday. But the interesting thought, which I hadn't had before, is did that have any sway? Because I think that this move, um, from what I've been hearing, was done before the interest in Riola to Nebraska picked back up. And wouldn't that mean something to you as a high school recruit, your uncles at the program, almost that confirmation that, oh, no, they didn't hire my uncle. They don't have him around because of me. It's, it's the case of he's, he's, he's no a good longer bait. He's actually good at his job. But wouldn't that mean something to you to say, oh, this was never just about me. It wasn't Matt Rule trying to pull a fast one, Matt Rule trying to be cute and having my uncle on staff. He has proven it that he's going to take care of the people that work hard for him and do work for him. And, and Donnie went and proved that last season with the, the development. I know people still think there's more work to be done on the offensive line. I'm in that camp as well. Mm-hmm. The offensive line is not perfect yet, but that means something to a, to a high school kid and to the, the Riola family that, you know what, this wasn't about the five-star quarterback recruit. This is about what Donnie's done for you. He gets a, a well-deserved raise. And now I'm, I'm looking at it a little bit differently if I'm Dylan Riola sitting at home with that situation saying, you know what, that's all the confirmation I need that, that Matt Rule – and his interest in Donnie Riley as the offensive line coach and keeping him around, that wasn't about me. That was about the job Donnie's been doing. Kind of emphasizes that family feel that Nebraska has. No, the, the motive was get the offensive line right, get it physical, and then we'll, we'll talk about recruiting. Uh, the motive was, was pretty genuine. Uh, you, you look at this offensive line group and the fact you get bricks, the fact you got two tackles last year, uh, I think you're going to get a kid tonight out of Las Vegas, Reguero. Did I screw that last name From up? Bishop Gorman. From Bishop Gorman. I think he'll be in tonight. So Nebraska is is going to load up. I mean, they, they get that's how you win ball games is on the offensive and defensive line. You need your quarterback to take care of the football and, and make a few plays while he's back there being protected. So – and don't don't kid yourself. The emphasis I don't want you know with with Dylan uh, coming to Lincoln, uh, presumably, uh, you don't want to get your nephew killed and back because your line can't pass block anybody. But the guys that are coming back, a Ben Hart, who's caught hell most of his career here, he loves playing for Donnie. You'd have to think to come back. Uh, Turner Corcoran is going to bust his ass to get back from injury. Teddy Prohaska shelved whatever. Issues he may have with coming back from injury. That's scary, dude, to come back from a knee and the injury situation he's been a part of. To come in and, and okay, Turner's down. I got to I gotta launch forward and just next man up it. They really love Riola. 
and he he gets the best out of him, and he's going to keep, I think, getting more and more out of this whole line. What do you make of the the comparisons that's been made online of Nebraska's rebuild with where it stands right now? Reminds people of what Sarkeesian did at Texas over the past couple of years, where you get the lines of scrimmage right first, you get your quarterbacks right, and you kind of let everything else take care of itself. Trust your own development process. You do no, it's it's fair. And and Sark was a, a good coach with insane talent at Washington, and then he went to USC. That job was too big. Did the rehab with Saban, and he went back to a fishbowl where they want to win yesterday at Texas. And, and he's put that talent to use with uh, some actual physicality. We'll wind down hour one. Some thoughts on a quarterback coach name next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbert. We'll get to more of your stream comments coming up. We've done a sad job of, of that. Uh, Todd emails in Chris at Hale Varsity Dot com, the quarterbacks you mentioned, and we mentioned the Turner Gill, Tommy Frazier, program-changing quarterbacks. Todd's right. Those quarterbacks you mentioned at, at uh, that time, our program was well-established, unlike now. One solid piece uh, doesn't make much difference. And you never mentioned Crouch. He was every bit as great as Frazier. Um, you know, Crouch was incredible. Frazier was incredible. I am not ready for that tug-of-war. Uh, I mean, Frazier's got the championships. It's, that's your easy take, but that's also <laughs> an important take. Uh, Crouch was fantastic with less talent around him, but good talent. Don't get you wrong. That's, that's the, the dynamic here that's interesting is you're trying to reestablish a program. And Rule talked about it with McAfee today. Every time he goes into work, walking by five national championships. And uh, that's that's going to prod you along for sure, but I don't think Nebraska is is down as what their records indicated over years. And this isn't me wearing red shades or drinking Kool Aid. I just think they've botched a lot of wins. All right, and and that's as simple as that. And if you get some competent quarterback play, taking care of the football, uh, then things can. Things can turn around for you, and it can turn around for you quickly. And the depth part, I think Nebraska showed you a glimmer of what you can hope for if, if things go sideways injury-wise, that Nebraska is going to be a team like the teams of old Nebraska where they've got some talent where there's minimal drop-off and guys can fill in and, and play at a high level. What do you think of when I say Glenn Thomas? Glenn Thomas. Glenn Thomas is a offensive analyst right now, offensive assistant, forgive me, assistant at the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at ASU in 2022. Same gig at UNLV. Prior to that, he was your guy that led a high-flying Baylor attack in 2017 through 2019. See, I was concerned when you said it. The, the two words, offense and Steelers, based on what I've seen this I, season. I, I, you had me worried for a second. Yes, and Jason Isaacs checks in in the stream. Used to work with Baylor. Uh, used to work with Rule at Baylor. Was also under Bay, on, under Rule at, uh, at Temple as the OC and QB coach and then also quarterbacks coach. So great mix. Time with the Falcons, time in Temple, uh, time at Baylor. So that's a name. 
Jeff Christian's a name you, you hear out there that would be really cool, but you, you got to have somebody that can work with your quarterbacks and get high-level quarterback play. And right now, I don't know that you have that right now. You've listed two guys with previous quarterback coaching experience. Christensen's on a, a personal level, yep. a, a personal quarterback's coach of a lot of high-level guys, as we kind of laid out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Brown here is was uh, from here. He was the dedicated quarterbacks coach at UNLV. Is that uh-huh. correct? Yep. Okay. Anywhere else? No, he was he was OC and, and QB coach. He's he's co-offensive coordinator as well as quarterback. Yes. Coach. Got it. Got it. So, so you got three minds potentially putting this this offensive game plan together. Your co-OC slash quarterbacks coach, your OC and Sat, and then you let you let Uncle Donnie. Uh, get those beasts ready to run the football for your run game coordinator. Big dosage of hopium there from Schmidt. Well, hopium. Wow. Uh, smoke it. Don't use the needle. Uh, Greg Smith, Rivals.com on the way. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Hour two, back with you, Tail Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Stephen in the stream chat lets us know that there's some Sooner invasion in Lincoln today. There's apparently a Sooner plane. Uh, I don't know if there's any uh, other sports going on or if they're working their way to uh, to Omaha. Don't know. I, I can't even corroborate that information. Have you heard no, no. that? I've, I've not either, but you know, Steve's not going to lie to us. Greg Smith, all over it. He knows airports. At Greg Smith <laughs> Rivals is back with us. Greg, how the hell are you? I see you. Thanks for coming on. It, it is good to hear that familiar voice. Um, I am doing well. Um, busy, but well. It, it has been a, what, 24, 36 hours to remember around here, huh? It has been. You and I have seen the... The hope, the fear, and uh, all things in between uh, a lot of years. And you kind of got things all kicked off with the Kyle McCord watch. Um, is, he a, is he one of those guys in the middle aisle that takes both armrests, Greg? <laughs> he was not, actually. He had a window seat uh, on that plane. <laughs> so, so, no, no, it wasn't. Uh, my, I think mom was in the middle, and then dad was on the aisle for the full, you know, airport Kyle Look McCord at that. The, the breakdown yeah. by Greg Smith. Greg, what, what are you? Are you aisle, window? What, what's your preferred seat on the plane? Um, it's funny. My wife is, is window. So I'm usually middle because mm-hmm. of that. So yeah, great. If I'm by myself, I take the window though. I've always offered, uh, the, the poor soul, uh, that's supposed to be in the, uh, you can sit by her <laughs> <laughs> if we get mama on the flight, Greg, uh, let's, let's start with, uh, McCord, 
in Fleming uh, portal before we get to, to Riola. And, you know, how do you feel right now timeline-wise for Nebraska and just first and foremost, Nebraska aiming high? I mean, it's not like they're they're settling at quarterback. They're going after some dudes that have played a lot of good football. Yeah, I, I think if, if I were to tell, you know, Nebraska fans listening that at the end of the Iowa game, when that game hit zero, that Nebraska would have a legitimate shot to have Ohio State's starting quarterback and one of their receivers um, playing for them next season. Like, you would have taken that in a heartbeat, and you probably would have said, no, there's no way, um, to your point, that Nebraska wouldn't aim that high. I think that a lot of the, like, the kind of wisdom out there, the thought, uh, especially it, even when Matt Rule said the thing about the, you know, one to two million dollars, one point five million dollars for the starting quarterback. Like I still think at that point, people were a little nervous that Nebraska would not aim high, that they would kind of try to patchwork it and continue taking kind of the slow build to this thing. Um, but that is not what's happened. Like having the just getting, I think the getting like putting the Rayola stuff aside for a quick second, we won't. We'll get back to it. But the McCord situation by itself. I think it's a really big deal for to have the kind of offensive season that Nebraska had last year, but to then be able to turn around to that guy who's a quality power five, big 10 quarterback and to say, and to have him kind of right there on the verge of being on your team. I think it's a really big deal. Yeah. And and Greg, it's such a a big deal that it almost feels like Julian Fleming's visit today has been swept (laughs) under the rug. I haven't heard all that much about it. Do you have have anything on that visit or is it just kind of back burner at this point in time? You know, it's funny you say that because I had until like Schmidt mentioned his name, I hadn't really thought about him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's no no disrespect to him. He's a good player and, and someone that Nebraska definitely needs. He completely fits the profile of the type of wide receiver that they need to bring in this offseason. Someone with experience, someone who can who has leadership qualities that can lead the room, but also is a big body and can give you something a little bit different to kind of be a chain mover um, in that wide receiver group. I say all of that to say I've not heard a lot about that today uh, because everything um, coming my way has been quarterback palooza and, and people that's kind of taken over um, what everyone is thinking about right now. But we should not forget about Julian Fleming because he would be a really big piece to this potential puzzle moving forward next season for Nebraska. Want to get your thoughts? Greg Smith with us from Rivals, national recruiting analyst with Rivals, senior recruiting analyst at Inside Nebraska at Greg Smith Rivals. Follow and find him on Twitter. So to Riola we go, and uh, level of shock out of one to ten. Give me that meter. And how did this happen in your theory? Yeah, a uh, strong nine or a ten. Like you, yeah. like you never want to say never in recruiting. Um, but, you know, we kind of get together, like a, our national team, we, we kind of get together ahead of time and say, hey, who are the guys that we're kind of looking at for flip watch, right? As we get close to, to early signing period, he didn't come up at all. Like no one was thinking about Dylan Rayola being a potential flip candidate. Um, and so when I first heard about it, I was like, are you are you sure that we're talking about the same kid, right? Um, and so. I think that there's a lot of things kind of working um, in this thing here with, with Nebraska and Dylan Rayola. I think first and foremost, I do think that there is a, a play in time element 
um, here. I think that even with Kyle McCord potentially in the fold, I think that it's a little bit smoother of a, a sailing to more playing time this year than there would be at Georgia, even though on the surface it seems like a similar situation because Carson Beck is probably going to come back there. If, if Dylan were to come here and Kyle McCord also comes here, you're kind of in that same situation. But I think it'd be a little bit better for Dylan and Dom to then go ahead and find a package of plays that you can kind of get the feet wet, maybe still not redshirt, um, but be able to hit the ground running for his sophomore season. I think that's part of it. I think another large part of this is that I think that they've been watching Matt Rule all season long. I think that the trust factor that the family and Dylan have with Matt Rule is a really big deal. It is something that even though the team didn't make a bowl game, I think that all of the things that you that Matt Rule said he would be and that the things that he would do when he was recruiting him previously kind of came true. And last but not least, in a weird way, I know that people will mention the Donovan Rayola extension and raise. I think that that showed something else to them. I think it showed that Matt Rule was telling the truth that he really thought that Donovan is a good coach and then he went out and had I thought was the best offensive assistant this year and who in the world would have thought that going into thinking about when they announced they were retaining it's Greg Smith with us here on Hale Varsity Radio it's funny Greg I just kind of envisioned the Riola family sitting down in the living room on Wednesday nights and watching the the rewind series watching the pregame <laughs> speeches and Dom going you see that you see that Dylan but I digress I want to get your your take on Dylan as a football player, is it, is it more important what Nebraska would be getting in Dylan the football player or Dylan the perception changer from, from national media in terms of what Nebraska is and can be under rule? Which side of that's more important? I know they, they kind of go hand in hand, but what would be more important to a, a potential Dylan Riola flip? Man, that's a great question because you, because you, could, you could go with either. I, I could really make a case for either. I'm going to say the on the field, though. Because I think for as much hoopla as there has been around his recruitment, and rightfully so, he's the top quarterback in the country. We have him now as the number two player overall, which I caught some flack for on our board because uh, Jeremiah Swift, the terrific wide receiver, jumped in for number one overall. Um, but I think that Dylan on the field, because of all the hoopla, we forget just how good he is on the field. Like he, if I watched a couple of his games on stream this year. Buford's offensive line, not very good. All those guys that are going D1 are all skill guys, um, including Dylan, and he was running for his life. He still managed to not throw any interceptions this season. He had a really good season. He can make all the throws. He is a better athlete than I think that he's given credit for to be able to extend plays or to be able to buy time in the pocket. And he can make he can make every throw. Like that is the first, second, and third thing you should say is that every throw that you need, whether it's a touch pass or a long bomb, uh, he can make that pass. He's a fantastic prospect progression wise making that jump to the college level greg we saw nebraska's current quarterback room limited with being able to find some guys open let's kind of group together mccord and and riola and just what their their experience level or i should say talent level can bring to to what we envision nebraska's offense being that's Downhill, ground and pound, play action, but there's going to be three, you know, three to four wideouts at a time that that can be open. I mean, there are designs right. that have uh, been shown it. to work. You just gotta, <laughs> yes, you gotta find them. It. 
We saw it, and, I'm, and I'm, I feel like I'm always reminding people of that, that if you just, just watch those games, man, we could, we could do cut-ups of the wide receivers that were running open um, in that offense for as much grief as Satterfield takes. I think that the biggest thing, that especially with Kyle McCord, because he's seen so much and he's been there, done that as a veteran guy, um, you would expect that he can, he can make all of the reads necessary and kind of either go through progressions, hit a check down, find those open receivers. Uh, more of the playbook is then open opened up for him and I think you get a lot closer to what Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield initially came to Nebraska to run which is the offense that you just described not the one that we saw this season and then when it comes to Dylan um, and lumping them together I think that you're obviously going to have some of those growing pains as you're going through a true freshman quarterback trying to really get used to the speed of college football it is important to note that should Dylan come here or wherever he goes he is an early enrollee um, so that will also help him and be really key in that too to get kind of caught up to the speed but the thing with Dylan is that he's got so much arm talent that he's going to also be able to make up for some of that just given the fact that he can make every throw that you need. Greg, how do you see Daniel Kalen responding to all this? We haven't mentioned his name yet this interview and and I think a lot of people out there feel for him during this time. How do you see him responding? I absolutely feel for him during this time uh, because Daniel was a he was a good soldier and both jumping in the class when he did and flipping and then being someone that was really helping to big in a big way to peer recruit and to get guys in that class. He was a big part of getting Carter Nelson landed for Nebraska. Um, and so you really do feel for him. I think personally that he will end up sticking with Nebraska and then just going to work. I think that you in today's college football, you just never know what can happen, whether or not that's on your team or another team, right? And we just have to kind of acknowledge that and just be upfront with it, that what if Daniel Kalen, he, he comes to Nebraska, he's an early enrollee as well. He gets here in a, in a few weeks and then he just goes to work. Let's say Dylan Rayola does come, Kyle McCord comes, they have a good season, and then Dylan's going to be the guy the next year. Well, if if um, Daniel has worked hard in the, off, in the behind the scenes, he could then transfer somewhere else as well, right? Like, I just think that there are a lot of options, but I think the first, it all starts with him just coming in, putting his head down, and getting to work. Um, but it's a tough situation. You're right, man. I think everyone, once the excitement died down a little bit, I think people were starting to think, oh, man, we've had a quarterback in this class forever. It's kind of Greg, uh, going to go to the stream, and, and uh, Jackson asks you uh, a question. How are you feeling with Fleming? Yeah, I, I think it's tough. So I think he took a visit to Penn State last week, and obviously is from Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania was right there in the thick of things with him when he uh, picked Ohio State out of high school. So they're going to be a strong contender. But I think that the thing that helps with Fleming is it's not just that, hey, you know, your former quarterback could be coming along, so you'd be comfortable with someone. The path to playing time is there. And, oh, by the way, we could also potentially have the best quarterback in, in high school football right now come into the team as well. That's that. that becomes it suddenly becomes a very attractive situation for for wide receivers so i feel pretty good about julian fleming he arrived today uh for his visit he was not on uh the the lovely flight uh from <laughs> chicago to Omaha yesterday with us uh but he did arrive today and he's here for his visit right now i feel pretty good about that well what's your feel greg on the next week with this maybe becoming a very attractive spot for wide receivers what's your feeling on the next week is there any more movement that could shake down within the next week or so before any, any flips any surprises any five stars four stars uh, throw some red meat towards the offensive line lovers is dylan bringing any louis with him 
<laughs> I think that the chances are strong that there would be some Louis that would be interested in coming with him um, should he do that. That's why, to me, the most important thing in a way is the timing of all of this. I understand totally that, you know, that Dylan and the family want to come and make this visit this weekend. You kind of cross the T's, dot the I. Maybe you do a little video, all of that, and then you release the news or maybe you wait until next Wednesday and dominate um, early signing day. I could see that. But there would be a huge benefit to going ahead and announcing something if it's going to go that way, like as soon as possible, right? (laughs) Going into the weekend so you could get a couple of those guys on campus to say, hey, take a look at Nebraska for this last weekend. Um, But I do think that that's something that could happen. And the other wild card is, is that just like this situation with Dylan, Nebraska staff does an outstanding job of keeping things off the radar. And then all of a sudden there's this guy or that guy that was involved in their recruitment. Greg is a quarterback coach announcement off the radar, soon to be on radar, about 90 seconds. Yes, I think that that's happening. I think that Nebraska will end up having a quarterback coach and you'll have some reassignment of duties on that offense. Got a name? Um, I do not have a name at this point. Um, you don't have a name you'll share. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with, yes, but uh, yeah, I do think that that's happening. I think that one thing that Nebraska fans really want is that quarterback's coach, and I do think he can rest easy. Well, Greg, let's get you out in this. Speaking of names, there's been some names, other names in the transfer report. A lot of Husker fans have been clamoring for information on. I want to know if you have any names like Trevor Etienne, names like Princely, a new uh, Oklahoma offensive tackle in the portal whose name is completely escaping me right now, and I apologize. Do you have any information on those guys? Uh, ETN, the running back, no contact is happening there. I think that's fan fiction. Sorry. Um, I think that – who is the second one? You've been yelling. Uman Yellen. I think that they're going to take a shot there. Um, it just makes too much sense, and that would be an amazing thing to have happen. Um, and then Caden Green, I do think Nebraska will take a swing there, but I like Missouri um, early on for them. I could see Missouri making a strong push. Drink is doing a nice job there. All right, that is Greg Smith. Find him on Twitter at Greg Smith Rivals and a national recruiting analyst for Rivals, of course, uh, inside Nebraska senior recruiting analyst and can find him on Twitter. Uh, Follow Greg, read Greg. Good to get connected again, Greg. Appreciate your time and always love uh, spending a few minutes with you. Thanks for jumping in. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Always good to talk to you guys. There he is. Greg Smith with us on Hale Varsity Radio. I was going to bet the house that I was going to screw up his title. What do you mean? Well, because for 100 years, it was Greg Smith, Hale Varsity. <laughs> At Greg Smith age. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. longer anymore. No, At I know. Greg it's, it's Greg Smith rivals. God love Greg. Good stuff. Great insight from him. More on the Ohio options in the portal. We'll talk to a Buckeye insider. 40 years plus. He's entertaining. He's fun. He's a great listen. Tim May going to tell us more on McCord, on Fleming, that's on the way. It's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it. It's Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. I love talking to Tim May at Big Ten Media Days. I get to say, hey, Tim, how's the golf game? We catch up a couple of times during the season, and a lot of thoughts going on in the world of college football at Tim underscore May Sports. It's where you find him with Letterman Row. Tim, how's the, the week going? Thanks for the time. It's going extremely well. We just got to talk to a bunch of Ohio State football players uh, getting ready to play in the Cotton Bowl. And, uh, you know, just despite uh, um, 
uh, rumors or reports to the contrary. They are all looking forward to playing in it. It's a, a chance to send uh, 2023 out in the right way. I'm not I'm not just reading a promotional literature here from the Gospel. <laughs> These guys are, you know, yeah, it's, uh, the loss to, third straight loss to Michigan stings big time. You can ask Kyle McCord if you ever run into him out there. Uh, but the bottom line is, uh, you know, life moves on, and they're pretty fired up about it, and it's going to be a, a premier bowl game because they know Missouri's going to be coming there trying to stamp its own uh, its own end to a great uh, football season. You know, Missouri's had some really good years, and I think of the Corby Jones era. That's back when Katz and Moyer kind of destroyed him, so I'm going back. Just had a away. flashback. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Going Decleated back. is the word. Decleated <laughs> is the word you were looking for. Uh, yeah, but that, that, Missouri, that Missouri team put one hell of a scare into Nebraska in, in 97, the uh, infamous yeah. uh, flea kicker, as it's called. <laughs> I wanted to, to, get you, to get your take on – you mentioned Kyle McCord. He's on his way back. Uh, he had a, a, a drop-in in Lincoln. and Well, we don't know if he's on his way back, Schmidt, to be sure. I, yes, we do. We know he's on his way to Charlotte. Okay, well, he's he's on his way out of Lincoln. Is that what is true. We can't okay. confirm that. Wait, wait, let me rephrase when I say on his way back. <laughs> um, Tim, what, what's your take on, on McCord? You've covered and followed him since commitment uh, to... The, the the portal decision and and I saw my share of Ohio State games and I watched the Michigan game and I think he's a super talented quarterback. What's what's your view on McCord? What's the fan base say? Oh well, fan base is you know I'm not even sure they need to be polled in this kind of situation. Kyle McCord was a five star quarterback coming out of St. Joe's Prep in uh, Philadelphia. And, you know his. His leading receiver in high school, as you know, was Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. He's good. But, uh, you know, I was being facetious there. <laughs> well, man, he's a, he's a hell of a quarterback. He had some huge moments uh, this season, his first year as a starter. And, uh, you know, uh, counting the game he started and finished uh, when C.J. Stroud had a sore shoulder back in 2021, you know, he was 12 and, uh, what, 12 and 1 as a starter at Ohio State. And of course, you know, what leaves a sour taste in many people's uh, Miles is, is is the way the Michigan game went down, and and uh, especially the last play, which basically wasn't his fault. I mean, he got hit as he threw the ball, and second interception of the game that he threw. But you know, he was. I don't know how to explain it to you. There's uh, there's levels of expectation, and then there's Ohio State, and maybe Alabama, and maybe Georgia, and maybe a couple more levels of expectation by the fan bases, et cetera. But the, the, uh, on, on social media and the like, you know, Cal McCord uh, was chastised a lot this season, and that's kind of putting it mildly for whatever reasons, sometimes because he wasn't perfect, sometimes because he did, he did have some, uh, you know, some uh, milkwarm or uh, uh, lukewarm, lukewarm milk. That's what I was trying to say. Some lukewarm <laughs> moments uh, during games, but seemed to always write himself in one form or fashion, but uh, I mean the guy. The guy's a tremendous quarterback. His stats speak for themselves. I think they would, you know, Ohio State. Ryan Day would have liked to see him be a little more dynamic this year in his first year as a starting quarterback. That didn't happen, and uh, of course he dealt with a sprained ankle most of the season. And uh, despite that, went out there and uh, basically made, uh, you know. Uh, answered every call, so to speak. So uh, it's kind of hard to 
it's kind of hard to define Cal McCord in a sentence or two. Let me just put it that way. Mm-hmm. But he is a talent, and he is a talent throwing the football. And if nobody believes that, go back and watch the last drive against Notre Dame this year. It's Tim May with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Tim, I just want to get your feel here. Obviously, you know, nothing firm out there. But do you think Ryan Day was prepared to go try to make an upgrade on Kyle McCord this offseason? Was he prepared to bring in some sort of competition? What do you think led to this move? I think it was a combination, but uh, I think there basically was a meeting of the minds between him and Kyle, or had to be after the season was over, uh, after the regular season was over, about maybe opening, reopening the quarterback competition. Because you got to understand, Devin Brown was also a five-star. Devin Brown was a highly sought quarterback. He first committed to USC and then changed his mind and committed to Ohio State two years ago. And he committed to Ohio State when both Cal McCord and Quinn Ewers along with C.J. Stroud, were in that quarterback room. So he came in expecting the competition to be keen, and he, he uh, embraced it. So, uh, But the you know, bottom line is once you finish the season, you go 11-1, and one, I would think, and I haven't gotten to talk to Kyle, so I'm not even really going to conjecture what he would think, but I would, I would think after that, I would think I have at least shown that you know I am the bona fide starter. Yes, I have some things to do to work on, but uh, I'm the bona fide starter, and I, I, I don't think he heard that from uh, Ryan Day, the, the best I can tell. And instead of just sitting pat, uh, he decided in this transfer portal era we live, live in to go do something about it. So he jumped in there. Tim Mays with us, talking Kyle McCord at Tail Varsity Radio. Uh, looks like McCord off to go check out Fran Brown in Syracuse, uh, the other program uh, – interested there's a lot of programs interested that, that's if yeah. you trust the flight trackers sure well i i, I trust flight trackers uh, what a what a world of college oh, football you, we're in tim i mean it's we're, we're in a ridiculous area you know i did i do this show every week during the season with urban meyer called urban's take with tim may the subtitle um <laughs> uh, but when all these all these jobs you know will come have come open the last couple of years and uh he's he's always listed as the number one guy and i and he goes, no one's ever called me. He goes, people just make stuff up, you know. That uh, I mean, he has no intention of getting back into coaching, at least as we speak right now. And one of the, well, two of the primary reasons are transfer portal and NIL. I mean, they have mucked up the works. You know, everybody wants to make, uh, wants to hold all these coaches to task because they're making six, seven, eight, ten million dollars a year. But I'm telling you, they're earning it more than they more than they were five or six years ago. That's for sure. And it's you know obviously heightened the workload for all of us guys who cover or keep up with college football. So it's not a I don't think it's a fun time at all for the game. Like I was asking one of the Ohio State players today, just think about it, who was your favorite quarterback growing up at Ohio State? And it was he said it was Braxton Miller. Mm-hmm. And I said, Well just think about this, what if Braxton Miller the next year was playing for the team up north, you know, or Nebraska, for example, you know? How do you, how does the fan base even deal with this? It's really Really interesting. I'm not sure it's a good time, but it's an interesting time for college football for sure. It's it's interesting, and and I want to get your projection. And I'm I'm asking a loaded question here, but if things were to fall into place for Nebraska, and and McCord picks Lincoln, and you've seen Nebraska, you've seen Nebraska the last few years. What what would McCord's talent? do for a second year with Matt Rule? I mean, and I ask this because the, the urgency is there because of how 
tough the Big Ten's always been, but how much better the Big Ten gets next year with uh, our, our friends from the West Coast? Well, that's what's interesting is I'm interested to see what Matt Rule will do with a quarterback who isn't turning the ball over every third snap. And or I'm not even sure what offense at times Nebraska was trying to run because the inconsistent play at quarterback the last several years, but this year especially, had to just be uh, had, to, had to be numbing for him at times. I'm talking about Matt Rule. Yeah. So you don't really know, you know, uh, just like I, Iowa this this past year, I thought Iowa got a major upgrade at quarterback, realized the play wasn't up to snuff, got a major upgrade at quarterback with Cade McNamara, and then what happens, right? right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Cade McNamara, you know, finally beats, is the starting quarterback for Michigan when they finally beat Ohio State and was a Big Ten champion. And uh, what did he get? He got benched at uh, at Michigan, and then he goes to Iowa, a quite competent quarterback, for lack of another term. And just when maybe he's going to get going and you're going to see what they're all about, boom, he's done. So, really, I don't, I'm not even clear what Matt Rule – I would think Matt Rule wants to run some semblance of what he ran at Baylor, of what he tried to run at Carolina, speaking of a quarterback uh, uh, carousel that he had there. And uh, so I think I think Kyle McCord would fit into that. Kyle McCord is – his one year as a starter at Ohio State, and like I said, he was hobbled a little bit by that sprained ankle, but he was not that, quote, dynamic uh, double-threat quarterback that really you need. But we saw him in the spring. Uh, this kid has some running ability. Excuse me, young man has some running ability, and he can give you that kind of dual threat, I think, when he's healthy. But how much Matt Rule wants to, wants to lean on that and wants to lean more on his uh, passing arm remains to be seen. He was very accurate. There were times when he and receivers weren't on the same page, and the, the uh, offense would kind of go into a quagmire. But then uh, when they really needed it, Cal uh, McCord delivered the goods, and that's the best way of putting it. But there seemed to be so much more meat on that bone that uh, they, you know, that they didn't they didn't get, you know, from him this year. So. We'll see where it goes. Tim, want to get your take on, on Julian Fleming. He's slated to visit Lincoln as well. High-profile yeah. wideout in a room full of just, I mean, Ohio State's just printed NFL receivers the last few years. Yeah. Uh, what do you think Jimmy of Fleming? Julian Fleming's a great, great young man, number one. He's, he's been behind the eight ball from an injury standpoint, as you well know, the first several years he was at Ohio State, I mean, his, just to hear him talk about his shoulder injuries and uh, surgery and, and getting fixed up and all that kind of stuff, is that's an hour-long conversation. But uh, he's, he's, he was considered to be a pretty good leader, you know, in that room, that wide receiver room this year that was, that was still pretty young for the most part. And, uh, and, you know, heck, this time a year ago, I remember we were I – mean, I remember I even asked him uh, about rumors about him transferring – to Penn State back to his uh, home state, and he quashed those rumors and came around back for another year at Ohio State. But uh, he's very talented. He's very much belonged in that uh, what they call the deepest wide receiver room in the country. He very much belonged in that for from a talent standpoint and everything else. And I think his best days are still ahead of him. Uh, you know, we'll see how he holds up physically, but I think his best days are still ahead of him from a standpoint from the standpoint of production. You know, he's kind of the guy you would forget about, but 
on that uh, winning drive against Notre Dame. He's the guy that made the fourth down catch and kept that, kept that drive alive. And he made some other big-time catches uh, as the year went on and over the past couple of years. So uh, I don't know how much more praise I can heap on him than that. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. It's Tim May with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Over four decades of experience covering the Buckeyes. And Tim, before we get you out of here, I, I got two thoughts for you. One, we'll come here in just a second on Marvin Harrison Jr. Been some smoke out there about unfulfilled goals at Ohio State. Want to get your thoughts on if it's actually feasible to get another year of Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State. But first, the news of the day yesterday, at least around here, was Dylan Riola, a potential flip from Georgia to Nebraska. I want to get your outside perspective on what that would mean for Nebraska. I know Dylan spent some time committed to Ohio State, and it's a, it's a name you're familiar with. You know what I like about Dylan Riola? I mean, I really like him, number one. Number two, what I like about him, he plays baseball or played baseball. I don't know if he still is or not because kind of kind of fell off my radar, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he was a catcher. <laughs> you know, not a pitcher, you know, not a shortstop. He was a catcher, so he's tough. You know his uncle. Uh, you know his dad was tough, played in the NFL. Uh, and this guy, but this guy plays quarterback. Um, every video I've seen of him, uh, et cetera, you know, he, he, I think he's the real deal. You know, the thing about uh, recruiting rankings is they have to change because – if they never change, why would you subscribe, right? <laughs> but this guy is big time, I do believe. He's moved around the country. Heck, uh, I had kinfolks through my wife's uh, side of the family, uh, who was, by the way, from Massachusetts. But when he was living in Burleson, Texas, I uh, had a, um, uh, I don't know what you'd call him, uh, yeah, he was an uncle, uncle, a great uncle or somebody. Anyway, he lived in Burleson, Texas. And worked for I think Lockheed in in Fort Worth. But my point was, uh, he's been around. He's been almost all the way around the country. Dylan has. I think he played what in Buford, Georgia, this past year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before that, it was in uh, Arizona. When he committed to Ohio State, he was just he was coming out of Burleson, Texas. My point is, uh, I'm not sure what that says about him and his family, but he's not afraid of a challenge. And I think he is the I think he is the real deal. In the right system, I think he's going to be really good. But you think, you know, like I said, Cal McCord was a five-star coming out of high school, big-time recruit. you got to be in the right opportunity, and then when you get there, make the most of it. Tim Mays with us. Tim, we'll let you get out. It was just awesome to get caught up. Thanks for some intel on Ohio State and also your perspective on Dylan Riola. And excited to talk here as uh, we move forward here in, in Big Ten country. Appreciate your time, Well, let me interrupt you, though. Is Dylan going to sign with Nebraska? That's all I want to know. I, I, if I were to bet Elijah's money and my yeah. wife's money, I'd say yes. I think he has, yeah, but- he, has an, he has an official visit Friday, dead period Sunday. I think Nebraska gets him uh, yeah. gets gets to ink him. I, I have no, I like you, no official I like knowledge. I like you said that, though, because 
you're walking out of the casino with all your money still in your pocket. I love that. <laughs> well, Tim, then let me get your thought. If you're betting with my money, Marvin Harrison Jr. apparently still undecided on the NFL draft. Is he back for another year? Who, who's this? Marvin, Marvin Harrison, Harrison Jr. He, all you can do is take him at his word. He never lies. I've never had him lie to me. And if he says he's still pondering it, he definitely is. He was he was doing a little quick workout in a, in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center while we were interviewing other players. And we got him last week, obviously. But uh, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say he's still – until he says he's leaving, he's staying, you know. But I'll be surprised if he's still here in uh, August. Tim, you take care, bud. Thanks for, for a fun chat today. Absolutely. Time, you know that. Got to love Tim May and uh, good intel on Ohio State, on McCord, on Fleming, and some thoughts on Riola as Nebraska uh, was making news, man. Uh, between McAfee and the last 48 hours, Good uh, good run for, for Coach Matt Rule. Reminder to get buckled up. Hands on the wheel, eyes and focus straight ahead. The driver has one job to drive. This message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. As our friends from Hernat Sports have made the landing down in Tampa, they'll be there for all your Husker volleyball coverage. They, didn't, they didn't get quite the welcome the volleyball team got, though. That's okay. At least from what I've heard. Uh, <laughs> possible. Uh, about half the welcome. With their coverage, but still there. 30 years, man. I uh, saw this with Tom Chattel's story. Uh, John Baylor. Love John Baylor to death. Uh, mentor, dear friend, and celebrating 30 years of Colin Husker Volleyball. Pat McAfee. Uh, his extended chat with Coach Matt Rule. And this was part of the interview, and it was a long interview, where Rule jumped in on what the NCAA is thinking about doing and what's happening to kids when they get to the portal, and this was the the full question and answer. This press conference that you had just a couple weeks ago was like very eye-opening, I think, for me and a lot of people about the state of college football. Here's you looking incredibly handsome, by the way, from a few weeks ago. Make no mistake that a, a good quarterback in the portal costs you know a million to a million five to two million dollars right now. So just 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 on the same page, right? So. Um, let's make sure we all understand what's happening. So, um, um, you know, there's some teams that have six, six or seven million dollar players playing for them. My favorite line in there, not only the information, because that was certainly mm-hmm. information. I think a lot of people were excited to learn because we hear the chatter. But basically when you say, so that's what, just so we know, like that is what life is. It was almost like you were explaining to people like, hey, this is what college football is right now. That, that really needed to be said. Thankful for that. Is there like just a slotted amount seemingly already made for different positions? And is there like, do you, is there somebody that manages the amount of money that you like how it's professional, right? This mm-hmm. is like professional ball all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I, I took some people were not happy with me. I've had some other college coaches kind of get on me and say, Matt, you know, you reset the market. Um, <laughs> but I do think it's important that people know, right? Because a, what what I'm afraid of is you know I'm like you know, like you said I went to the NFL I'm I, like I don't care I'll, I'm going to say what I think is right and when people like it they like it they don't like it they don't like it like I'm going to say what's happening and um, at the end of the day there are no contracts there are no this is and Charlie Baker from the NCAA is trying to make it where the college is like we can't even have the conversation with the players about the money so now you have all throughout college football you have players getting agents. Sometimes they're great agents, NFL agents. Sometimes they're not certified. There is, there's not, there's no like NFLPA regulating it. They're dealing with third parties for each school. Each school has a different amount, and um, it's, it's, it's. There's no system to it. I had a, an NFL GM text me this week 
And he was like, bro, how come you guys don't just make it binding? How come you guys, I said, I said, we can't even have a conversation or else we get in trouble. So it's them dealing with a third party. They can tell a kid, hey, you're going to get a million dollars. And then they can show, you can transfer from Nebraska, go somewhere else. And then they say, hey, you know what? We don't have that money anymore. And oh, by the way, once you transfer, you're stuck at the second school. So you actually get penalized. Like you get penalized for recruiting a kid out of high school. He can leave for more money somewhere else. But if he goes somewhere else, he's stuck there till he graduates. So there is no system. And I think it's important that people know that. I because you know what? Some good Pat, some good coaches are losing their jobs and some good programs are they're 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 building players up and then players are leaving. And I'm all for players. Let me just say this. I'm all for players making money. Absolutely. I'm all for NIU. I just don't think, you know, people should be walking into your program and and offering a player on your roster money. Like that would that would never happen in the NFL. Like you know, you, you got to trade it. You have you have you have rules. There's conversations rules. that have to like. There's a little bit of like some morality to this entire thing. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I worry about the players. I mean, some players are going to get a lot, but a lot of players are going to enter the portal <clears throat> and end up with nothing. A lot of players are going to be told they're getting X, Y, and Z and get nothing. And at the end of the day, not everyone goes to the NFL. So I think we have to have the conversation about it. We have to talk about it, and not talk about it to get rid of it. Just man, like make make it competitive and make it real. Matt Rule, thank you for your transparency. Thank you for your realism. We'll wind down a Tuesday. Tail Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, a Tuesday. It's Hail Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Big thanks to all of you who've spent time listening and checking in on the stream. Back at it tomorrow. Any more news we have or thoughts, we'll jump in with. Great stuff from Tim May, uh, Ohio State insider. Loved hearing from Greg Smith. Mitch Sherman, awesome as always. Two things at once. A week ago, he was on the roof. This time, he was at a swim meet. And as we gear up for a best of on the 22nd, we uh, will remember our dear friend, the, the pirate Mike Leach. Uh, sad day today, sad day a year ago with his passing. And uh, Leach always loved telling his version of the Christmas story. So we'll, we'll have that as part of a best of with the pirate. So many years together, him jumping on the show. We love him and miss him and are thinking about his family. Uh, you have message board guy in Georgia between hand grenades thrown at uh, Dylan Riola, now predicting that Nick Saban will walk away at the end of the season because he's been offered a a TV gig, and uh, will he replace Corso? Can you see Saban, all five, eight of him, putting on a mascot head? I can. I can see him, like, harming a a stuffed or live mascot. And I liked Nick Saban, but he just he, he can snap. Did you see the whole new side of Nick Saban that we saw this week though on social media with him showing off his car collection to some former players? He's got he loves cars and then he has a dealership. He's got a Mercedes and a Lamborghini one, correct? Yeah, and he was like showing off his Ferrari and all his nice yeah. all his nice cars and as well as every single car had a door full of chew. So Oh yes, because Saban's old school football coach. No, he is. <laughs> Saban's and, and Lars did a couple books with Saban, had a chance to be on with Lars Anderson's his show today, this afternoon. And yeah, it's two little Debbie cream pies for breakfast. And then uh he's got a driver and he if, if there's not a cup of coffee, two little Debbie's cream pies and red man, the yep. chew, the long the long leaf, the old school Lenny Dykstra then it's it, 
there'll be hell to pay. He had like four pouches in the door of his Lamb or his Ferrari. Actually, it was it was incredible. That's sweet. <laughs> We may we may have to go old school. <laughs> if I'm not at work tomorrow, it's not this freaking sinus infection. It's I swallowed my red man. No, <laughs> but with uh, with Nick, I will say, if there is a time that Nick would get out of coaching He'll college football, it, it'd be the insanity now of of the transfer portal and NIL and whatnot. But I, no, I don't buy it. I don't either, and. I mean, they have been good. Where do you, what do you do in college football if you lose Saban and Harbaugh in the same year? You better hope Matt Rule turns it around quick, huh? Well, sure, but I'm saying who who do you tap? I mean, do you go with your assistant head coach that that's been doing the job possibly I, I at think, Michigan? Yeah, Sheryl Moore. I think is yeah, the Moore's, Moore's been awesome at Bama, which. Do you go try to, to, to lure one of the, the many members of the Nick Saban coaching tree to come back to Bama? I mean, Kirby's got it rolling. There's no reason to leave. Unless Dabo wants to, to end where he started as a walk-on for Gene Stallings. I don't know. I think, I think one more year of underappreciation at Clemson. For them to get to eight wins this year, pretty impressive, I think. I think this is a pipe dream conversation. I don't think Nick Saban's going anywhere. He's 72 going on 65. We'll talk to Coach Barnett this week, get his take. Uh, John Baylor with us tomorrow. Ron Brown with us tomorrow. Jake Milheisen. Loaded week with Hale Varsity powered by Cornhead Lager. A Huda Media Production.